This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What would you like to get off your chest? Are you holding on to secrets, fears, or frustrations? We all carry around different stressors, both big and small. Don't keep it all bottled up inside. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and work through whatever is weighing you down. It's also a great way to learn to resolve conflict, change negative thought patterns, and more. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Be Here Now today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Be Here Now. After experiencing the transformative power of a regular meditation practice, it's natural to feel inspired to share this gift and guide others on their own journey of discovery through meditation. Join Buddhist teacher David Nickturn and Duncan Trussell, comedian and creator of the Netflix animated series The Midnight Gospel, for a free online event on Tuesday, May 7th at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. They'll discuss the profound practices of mindfulness Dharma Moon's renowned Mindfulness Meditation Teacher Training Program. Get certified by Dharma Moon to teach meditation, lead group practice sessions, and work with individual students. Visit dharmamoon.com slash beherenow for more info and to reserve your spot for the free online event with David Nickturn and Duncan Trussell. Welcome to Living with Reality, a podcast featuring archive teachings and modern conversations with Dr. Robert Svoboda, brought to you by the Be Here Now Network. Living with Reality explores Ayurveda and other wisdom traditions of India, which Dr. Svoboda has been studying for nearly 50 years. For more information, please visit BeHereNowNetwork.com slash Dr. Svoboda. That's D-R-S-V-O-B-O-D-A. Hello, and welcome to Living with Reality. I'm Paula Crossfield, your host and Dr. Svoboda's media manager. On this episode, we have a quintessential Living with Reality topic, which is grief and dealing with grief if you are going through it, but also how to help others through it. And why I say this is a quintessential living with reality topic is because we are now emerging from the pandemic. We're starting to see the potential light on the other side. And um, still, there are things that we have to deal with. There are shadow aspects. There are the darker aspects. And Dr. Sabota does such a good job in all of his teachings, helping us to live with those realities that might make us uncomfortable. So we hope you enjoy this episode. If you'd like to learn more with Dr. Svoboda, you can go to Dr. Svoboda, that's S-V-O-B-O-D-A dot teachable dot com and find a number of courses on the different sciences of India. And we hope that you'll join us. Enjoy the episode. My subject today is grief. 
and an important motivation for taking up this subject today is the wave of collective grief that seems to be flowing through and cresting in society. A wave of grief that has been produced by all of the losses that the pandemic has brought to us. Sometimes the literal loss of life of humans that were close to us, but also possibly the loss of pets, of jobs, of homes, of the roles in life that are meaningful to us, and often a sense of loss of purpose in life. Many people have lost more than one thing. A dear friend of mine became disconnected from his longtime teacher, lost his mother to illness, and separated from his wife, all in the space of a few months. Loss promotes grief, and loss also promotes vata. Vata and grief go together. There are two main reasons why vata is increased by grief. The first is a loss of connectedness. Vata is not, does not flow slowly and evenly and steadily. There's, also, there's always a start and stop kind of process. So when that connectedness is disturbed, then there is the potential for vata to increase. The other reason is what we call in Sanskrit, ashayadiktata. That means emptiness of a reservoir organ. In this case, emptiness of that mental faculty that represents to you who you are. Who you are is made up not just of your imagination about yourself, but it's also made up of the people, the pets, the plants, the homes, the jobs, all of the factors in your life that you use to help define you. And the emptiness of any organ, particularly in the physical body, but also in the non-physical body, emptiness of any organ promotes aggravation of vata. So the death of a loved one will leave an empty space in your life. And that empty space will cause vata to become increased first and then potentially aggravated. In addition to this, vata as a force in the body tends to promote, not necessarily cause, but certainly inflate, enhance to emotions. 
grief, and fear, both of which can have an effect on both the lung and the large intestine and in an extended kind of way, the health of the bone. Of these two, fear tends to gravitate more towards the large intestine and grief tends to gravitate more towards the lung. So when a person is grieving, perhaps they are, perhaps they may be expressing their feeling with tears. They may find it difficult to breathe because it may feel as if the grief is choking them. So an important thing to remember to do at all times, but especially when you're grieving, is to remember to breathe and to remember to support your lung by emptying it of everything that needs to go out and filling it fully so it at least can feel full. When you feel that there is a part of you missing, when you feel that there is an emptiness inside, that's the time that you have to pay extra attention to your breathing so that your lungs will not feel empty because if they feel empty, they will promote a sense of emptiness in the system and those two things together will make the grief all the more poignant and intense and difficult to address. When we're trying to evaluate the best way to deal with grief, the most important thing is to grieve. Unfortunately, in the modern world, grief is often ignored or actively suppressed. There is not a sense that grief is an appropriate emotion. All too often, people are encouraged to seek quote-unquote closure, and once they have closed something off from themselves, to then go about their lives and never think about it anymore. It is possible that that works for some people, but for many people, that only makes the emptiness inside all the more empty. If they are disconnected even from the memory of that loved one, sometimes that makes the emptiness that has created the grief cause the grief to become even further enhanced. Being willing to allow the grief to emerge without trying to force it to come out and emote or without trying to keep a stiff upper lip and restrain it, keep it inside, is something that people are generally not taught to do. They do not have examples in front of them, generally speaking, that are healthy. They have examples of extreme reactions, but sadly nowadays it is less common that they have examples of positive reactions. So when you are grieving, you need to allow yourself to, to, 
to sit with that grief and let the grief express itself as it wants to express itself. There is no set process of grieving. Everyone has a different way of doing it. And there is no way that is right or wrong in any particular detail. A method is right if it achieves its goal. And that goal is to allow what is on the inside to express itself externally and then to allow that whatever degree of resolution you have been able to come to, allow that resolution to sit within you and allow time to work on that whatever conclusion it is with the understanding that you may need to address it again at some point. It is for this reason that in India, for example, it is very common that people perform ancestor worship once a year. And during that period, they remember all of those ancestors who may have been blood family and may simply have been adopted family. They remember those ancestors who had a strong effect on them and they acknowledge that effect and they acknowledge the feelings that may still remain towards that ancestor without trying to suppress them, without trying to, to, to over-emote them, but simply continuing to acknowledge them, acknowledging the reality that was the case in the past, acknowledging the reality of today, and being willing to look forward towards a future in which that relation, if it is still troubled, can become yet further less troubled. So an individual needs to make sure that they have plenty of time and plenty of space in which to grieve. And when you have someone who is bereaved in your life, it's very important for you to be able to give them space and time. Give them the opportunity to grieve and give them the space in which to do it. It's very common for well-meaning people to try to give advice to the grieving person, not just insisting on closure, but encouraging people to let it all out and trying to, trying to assume that they know what process the person is going through, how they are grieving, and trying to give them advice about how they grieved and how, how things have worked well for them or someone else. The most important thing to do of all the things you can do for someone who is grieving, the most important thing to do is to shut up and listen. Listen to whatever they have to say. Do not comment on it. Let them know that you care about them. Let them know that you support them. Let them know that you are available for them, available for them when they need you at that moment, whenever that moment is. So instead of having a preconceived idea, instead of having a preconceived timetable, 
that it, your grieving loved one sh should, in your opinion, follow, the thing you can best do for them is to allow them to grieve on their own timetable and provide them support. In this regard, I particularly like the, the approach that is present in many cultures and is present in the Southern Baptist culture that I grew up in, which is that when you have someone who has just lost a loved one, one of the things that you do is you take over to them, to them something to eat. And you don't make a big deal about it. You just let them know that you are, you offer your condolences, you're sorry for their loss. And because we know that probably you're not going to have that much appetite and you certainly don't want to be out there cooking, we're providing you something so that when you are hungry, you can eat, you'll keep up your energy to do all the things that you have to do as you're dealing with this loss. It's also particularly nice because that you are doing something practical to assist dealing with that emptiness. It is a symbolic thing on one level, but it's a very practical thing on another level. Vata, when you're grieving, it's very you're very tempted not to eat at all, and that will make the emptiness of your digestive organs increase, and that will aggravate the disturbance of both the large intestine, which will not have enough in it, and when the large intestine is stressed, then the lung will get stressed. So instead of that, having some nice soup or some, some cooked vegetables that you can eat a little bit of at least will make your body feel that it is not grieving the loss of food. And when it feels better automatically, that at least will not be making your mind feel worse. That will be a positive thing. So... Shut up and listen is the best approach for you when you're trying to assist someone who is grieving. It is very worthwhile to consider, in the context of grief, to do all sorts of vata-reducing things. And in particular, because we want to eliminate the cause of the problem, one thing is to make sure that there has been an appropriate kind of ritual send-off for that person, whether it's some sort of Indian shrad or tarpana or ancestor puja, or whether if you come from a, a culture that does it, some sort of wake, or it, it should be something in which it, it, it should be not just a very formal and a funeral in which everybody gets together and they don't talk and they just sort of stand around and and wish goodbye to the departed, but rather that people get together, they, they have a, a, a celebration of that person. They spend several hours and they, they talk about, they share what they knew about the person and they share how they felt and so on. The grieving is not just for the, the people who are directly and most immediately bereaved. It's for everybody who's part of that extended family, that clan, that Dunbar number group, that 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 all those people who who for whatever reason were particularly connected to that individual who has passed on. So 
We are in no way trying to get those who were closest to the deceased to try to emote. We're supporting them, and one way to do that is by each of us talking about that person who has departed and what we have lost. Sometimes the best way to assist someone to work on their own grief is to speak about your own personal grief and to, to, to assist them by providing an example of how they might deal with what's going on with them that they may find it not as easy to cope with or understand on their own. From just the strictly Vata controlling point of view, everything that controls Vata is useful to do. Applying oil, remaining warm, drinking soup, being cuddled or being bound like a baby being swaddled. So being held properly. And that means not only hugging the bereaved person when they're in the mood to be hugged, but also having them wrap up well and, and put extra blankets on the bed so that they feel like they're being cocooned and they feel like they're being held by nature. Breathing, supporting the lung, drinking herbal tea that, that strengthens the lung will have a positive effect on, on releasing the grief and on the grieving process. Making sure that there is an adequate amount of moving around so that you're not sitting in the house and kind of getting stuck in and allowing memories to run, roll over and over again in your mind. And there is a lot to be said for sharing with other people on an ongoing basis. My sister is part of a group at her church called Grief Share. And it's a 13-week program in which a number of amateur or rather lay grief counselors work together with people who are in the church or sometimes people who are not, but who want to use that approach to working with, becoming familiar with, allowing the grief to come out. It's good to remember that with any very intense, very poignant, very pointed emotion, that commonly your organism will cover it up in some way so that it will not feel that it is being tormented by it 24 hours a day. So you may try to forget it by putting your, putting your attention on something else, by making your life extremely busy, by all kinds of different coping mechanisms. And sometimes, therefore, you will not be in a position to actually let the deepest part of the grief out until you feel that you are being held, for example, in a group that in which many people are, are suff- suffering, going through something similar, if you, if you get to the point where you feel adequately held by that group and you see other people 
going through this transition over a period of time, then you too may feel like you can be vulnerable enough to let down those defenses and allow what you really feel to express itself to those people or even just to yourself, to allow yourself to really acknowledge that this is that this is a loss, it's your loss, and you're without suppressing it and without trying to forget it, it is part of the past now, and that you can find a way, because you were still living, to move forward, and that as you do that, that is in many ways a a, a, a worthy tribute to the person who has passed on. It's 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 a very sometimes romantic concept like in the Romeo and Juliet standard of romanticism that, oh, my beloved has died. I must immediately die myself as well. And as from the teenager point of view, that is not uncommon. But from the more mature point of view, that is not as valuable for oneself or for others as to set an example to be able to take that grief, work through it, work with it, and continue to live. It's not so much that you should be focusing on there being something that you are willing to die for, but something that you are willing to live through. In this context, Vimalananda suggested, and I have found very valuable, the use of a homeopathic remedy. That homeopathic remedy is Ignatia, I-G-N-A-T-I-A. And Ignatia, 200 potency, 200 potency Ignatia. And what I've found is First of all, you need to know the restrictions on using homeopathic remedies and how to use them. Please, if you're going to try this out, make sure you know, find that out and, uh, and follow those rules. But I find that it's good to make sure that you have two or three days available. You usually only need to take one dose. Uh, there have been occasions where a person took one dose and then waited a few weeks and took another dose to get even to a deeper level in the organism. Usually one dose does the main job. This is for when you feel like there is something that has still not moved through you and you don't exactly, you're trying to open up to it, but you don't exactly know how to do it. And what you should do is have some nice quiet time available to yourself where you are not going to be disturbed, but where you are not so cut off from people that you can't find some support if you require it. And then you take that dose of Ignatia. It could take a few hours to, to, for it to take effect. But once it takes effect, what will happen is that very likely that grief will suddenly come up in a very strong way. And you need to remember that what the homeopathy has done now is to bring it up and your job is not now definitely not to suppress it and definitely not to grab hold of it and start 
weeping and wailing and moaning with it, but to sit with it, to acknowledge it, to let to know that this has been part of you, to release as much of it as you're willing to release while maintaining the memories that you want to maintain of whatever it is that you have lost. And make sure that you have enough time for this. It, it could easily take a day. It could easily take a couple of days. So it, it's really ideal to have three or four days available to you so that you can be in this state without feeling that there is some deadline that you have to meet. You can allow yourself to be very calm and very open and find your way through it, find your way through to as much resolution as you can do at that time. And once you've got to that resolution, then use vata, then do some abhyanga, massage your body, then go into the sauna, take a hot shower or whatever, then have some soup and cause your organism to get restructured, reintegrated before you go back out into the world. You may not need the Ignatia. You may find that some you something else may be may you may find is the thing that could trigger it for you. Maybe it's an essential oil. Maybe it is some music. Maybe it is an image. Whatever it may be, there is likely to be something that you can use as a trigger to assist you to release what needs to be released and for you to move into the direction that you need to move. So remember, grief is something that is natural to human beings. We all feel it because we're all going to lose something in life. It, it, it is completely normal for a child to lose his or her parents. And no matter how old you are and how how mature and how spiritually advanced you may think you are, it is always a noteworthy event when a parent passes on. And you should not try to pretend otherwise. You should not think that you're so, so yogic and so spiritually advanced that you've gone beyond that in some kind of neo-Vedantin way. Acknowledge your reality as a human being first and don't try to pretend that you're not experiencing what you, something that you and all other human beings experience. Acknowledge the loss, control vata. Don't try to impose any kind of expectations on yourself or others. Don't try to insist on closure. Things will close when they're ready to close. And don't feel reluctant to share your feelings with those of you, those of your loved ones who are still alive, because if they're really your well-wishers, they will be there to assist you with this process.
This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What would you like to get off your chest? Are you holding on to secrets, fears, or frustrations? We all carry around different stressors, both big and small. Don't keep it all bottled up inside. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and work through whatever is weighing you down. It's also a great way to learn to resolve conflict, change negative thought patterns, and more. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash be here now today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash be here now.